in a Schofield Reference Bible, Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31, our theme for this year. And with the help of God, I want to try to keep this before you all year long. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31, page 748. Page 748. All right. Found your place. Say amen. All right, let's read it together. Ready? Are we ready? Here we go. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. All right, amen. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. If you got your Bible, turn to Matthew chapter number 11. Matthew chapter number 11. When you get to Matthew, that's page uh, 1011. 1011. When you found your place there, look this way. Matthew chapter number 11. I'm going to ask one of the most, perhaps, the silliest question that I could possibly ask. I'm going to ask it anyway. Do you ever feel tired? An adult, the average weight, does this every day. That's average weight. Those of us that are a little on the other side of that, it gets worse, not better. Your heart beats 103,689 times in a day. Your blood travels 168 million miles. You breathe 23,040 times. You inhale 438 cubic feet of air. You eat three and a fourth pounds of food. You drink three quarts of liquid. You speak 25,000 words. You move 750 muscles. And boy, this is amazing, and I hope some of you have done that this week. You exercise seven million brain cells. No wonder I feel tired. (laughs) One of the, in chapter number 11, let's pray and then we'll get right on into the message. Brother Joy, how about you praying, brother? Amen. Matthew chapter number 11. The Lord begins in verse 1. It came to pass when Jesus had made an end of commanding his twelve disciples, he departed thence to teach and to preach in their cities. Almost immediately we find that 
Chapter number 11, John the Baptist is in prison. He sent the disciples to Jesus and with the great question, Art thou the one or should we look for another? Of course, Jesus says, you go back and tell John everything you've seen and all that you've heard. Isn't that good? And he begins to instruct them and begins to preach to them. If you have a Schofield Bible, this is at the top of your the Word of God there. He says, a new message of Jesus. Not the kingdom, but personal discipleship. And that little statement caught my eye the other day as I began thinking about this thing of renewing. What God is renewing in our church. How God wants to renew so many things. I began to look at this and think, my, the, the Lord just stops in the midst of all that He's preaching. In verses 20 through 27, He's, he's predicting judgment and He's talking about a whole lot of things. But it's almost like He senses the need in that group of people and says... I need to give you a great truth. One of the one of the great realities is that I'd never make it as a truck driver. One of the reasons why I wouldn't is if I travel, I stop a lot. I mean, I I, I just I just as far as just getting on the road and just staying at a, at a constant, you just keep going. I, I just can't do that. I, I just can't hardly do that at all. And uh, boy, I have to have a lot of rest stops. And that's what I've titled this tonight, a rest stop in the Word of God. I, with this idea, God's invitation to the weary. But one of the truths that I want you to get tonight and what God has dealt with me all day about is this. This needs to be the year that we not only hear the Word of God... But it needs to go another step. We need to take it one more step further. That is, we begin to be doers of the Word of God. It needs to be something that becomes part of our life. For God to renew what I believe God wants to renew in our church in 2017, it's going to take a group of people that not only hear something, and okay, I I know that preacher... No, I'm talking about something that becomes a second nature to us. Something that we do because God said to do it. No other reason. It becomes a, a, a step forward, if you will. It, it, it literally becomes, if there's, there's anything that God, because God's given the invitation here. This is not an invitation from the president or a country or, or other Christians or even a, a body of believers like this. This is from the Lord Jesus Christ Himself. He gives this invitation. And listen to what He says. And there's three verbs here that give us exactly what He wants us to do. Number one, come. If, you got, if you're accustomed to marking your Bible, you want to mark that word? Come. Unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. So if you're accustomed to marking your Bibles, mark that word, come. Take, second word. Second verb is take my yoke upon you. 
And then third, and learn of me. Third word is learn. Now, if you're accustomed to marking your Bibles, I need to stop here. Jessica had a birthday Sunday. Amen. She had a birthday Sunday. And so you be sure to wish her happy birthday. I was going to bring her up and we was always going to sing to her and I was thinking, but if I embarrass her, she'll never talk to me again. Mark the word come, mark the word take, and mark the word learn of me. For I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Psalm 61, 2, you'll need not turn to it from, from the end of the earth, but I cry unto thee, when my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. Well, what a wonderful verse, one that we need to, and we, we need to, to, to learn this. The Lord says He's given us an invitation. Now, there's a whole lot of fatigues in the world. There's a physical fatigue, but then I believe there's one worse than that. There's a mental fatigue, an emotional fatigue, and even a spiritual fatigue, if you will. The only remedy for a physical fatigue is sleep. But the only remedy for other kinds of fatigue is rest. Here's the difference. You can go to the drugstore and buy something that will put you to sleep. But you can't buy anything in a drugstore that will give you rest that's needed in your heart and your soul and your mind. Well, I, I find a lot of people today are, are carrying some pretty, pretty heavy yokes. And they're, they're very weary. They're very tired. Some are tired of fighting for their marriage. Some are tired of fighting financial pressures. Some are tired of, of, of fighting just a job. Some are, are tired of, for a whole lot of reasons. And as we see our world getting crazier and crazier and crazier, no wonder we see people more stressed than they've ever been. Don't miss this. Somebody said, when my heart is overwhelmed, not if my heart gets overwhelmed, but when my heart gets overwhelmed. I see young people today, that I, I find it amazing. I find young people are as tired, many times more tired than the older people. They seem to be more fatigued. I think one of the things that we have so most, so, so been lost in our generation is, and, and how many of you grew up as I did? No doubt mom and daddy had problems and struggles, paying bills and stuff. But we, but us youngins, we never didn't know that. I never didn't know that. How many of you grew up like the way? you almost innocent in a way because they felt that kids didn't need to be carrying that burden. But it seems today so many are carrying those kind of burdens and those kind of loads. I love this story. A, a guy got in the transport business. And he was driving down the road and about every mile he'd stop and get out of the truck, and he'd take a ball bat, he'd pound the side of the truck. And uh, because he was hauling chickens, and uh, he would just pound the side of the truck. So a guy following him said, man, what, what are you doing? 
He said, why are you beating this truck with a ball bat? He said, I have a half a ton truck and a ton of chickens. And I have to keep half of them flying it all the time. That's how a lot of people's lives are. They got to keep a whole lot of stuff flying all the time. And I, I want you to know they live in this weary. God gives a great invitation. Dr. Richard Swenson wrote a book called Margins. Talks about when you're overdrawn and you're checking a cow and, and you know the, 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 the financial stress that that kind of brings. Do you realize you can get overdrawn in life? You can get overdrawn in, on almost every area and literally you'll find life's bank account hits a wall. Here's what I want you to get tonight. Is the Lord knows exactly the answer and the solution for you. I, I'm, I'm a pastor. Boy, I miss Sunday so much. And I, and I, I just woke up Sunday morning and we had probably seven, eight inches of snow. And, uh, and I knew that this would, you know, I knew Saturday evening there was no way we would go and get any work, get anything done. And I was just kind of fretting over the matter and it was just the most amazing. It's just almost, and I know God don't speak this, uh, audibly, so, so I'm not hearing voices or nothing, but it's almost like the Lord spoke and said, listen, son, don't, don't you think I'm in control of that? Don't you reckon I know it snowed? Don't you reckon I know what Solid Baptist Church needs? Don't you reckon I know what every man and woman, boy and girl in that church needs? I said, yes, Lord, you do. And sat down and wrote this message. The word labor is used to, of a soldier that's exhausted in battle. Heavy laden speaks of a ship that's been loaded so heavy it's about to sink under the weight of it. And God comes along in the midst of all of this and He says, I'm going to give you a great invitation. Now, I need to help you tonight. God's not going to make me or you or anyone do this. He just simply gives an invitation. And the first invitation He gives is this. Look to Jesus. Come unto me, all you labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Now, Jesus didn't say this. Go to the temple, come to the temple, come to religion, come to good deeds, come to seminary, come to school. He said, come to me. If I have one burden for Solid Rock Baptist Church, and that is this that every person here would know and have a personal walk with God in 2017. We've been working on our mission statement, and our, our mission statement for our church is building a solid foundation for your life. But we've added to that a vision statement as well, and it reads this way. Building a strong foundation through Preaching prayer and a personal walk with God. If you ask Matthew, what is the one thing I have told him more, more and more than anything since he's come back from college? And that is this, 
have a walk with God. Folks, it's one thing to be saved and say, I know Jesus Christ is my Lord and my Savior. But it's quite another one to say, I have a walk with God. I'm glad you're saved if you're saved. Praise God. Isn't it good to know Jesus Christ as your Savior? I'd hate to be lost in this world. I would hate, I'd hate to be lost in this world looking for this world for the solutions and answers of life. But you need to understand tonight, you can be saved. You can be saved and yet still be looking to this world for the solutions, for the answers, for the things that you need for your life. And here's the reason why we're so weary. We're looking in the wrong place for it. He said, come unto me, all ye that labor and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Oh, I love that. Has the ideal, and, and, I, and I believe this, I believe so many of God's people live like, like paupers, like, like, like defeated Christians, because we truly don't believe what Jesus said He would do, He'll do. I, I've done something, and I've never seen it fail. I've never seen it fail. The people that are honest with God in their tithes and offerings, they don't struggle. Or we all have a we all have our bills come up and things happen, things break up. Then it's amazing how God always provides. But those that don't almost always struggle. It's always a struggle. And you know why? Because they don't believe what God. And people are looking in all the wrong places. For the help. And, and, they, and here's amazing. They, they, we, we believe God. How many of you believe God's going to take you to heaven? We did, huh? And I mean, you really believe that? Isn't it amazing? We can't believe Him for all the rest of it. Can't believe Him for all the rest of it. And so people get frustrated and they're weary and they're tired because they're looking in all the wrong places. People try to party their problems away. So they drink, do drugs, hop from bed to bed, thrill, uh, from thrill to thrill, looking for, looking for a rest and a rest that doesn't come. They try working harder. And the truth of the matter is, they burn the, the, they, they, they burn the midnight oil, so to speak, trying to get ahead, trying to get higher up the ladder. They just work and work, but they still don't find the rest. I, I said with a man just, just the other day, and, and, he, and he was sharing with me of the hours that he, that he for years and years, and the hours and, and the hours that he put in. Only when he got to a place to where they didn't think they wanted to pay out the benefits, they forced him out. Are you listening? They forced him out. Well, preacher, they wouldn't do that to me. Are you just an idiot tonight? Have you always been one? They'll force you out. We live in a society today where the loyalty of companies is no longer there. That's, 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 loyalties is almost unheard of anymore in our day. Boy, boy, people, 
people believe this. Some of you believe this. Boy, if I could just win the lottery, you would not believe the times people have said, Preacher, pray I win the lottery. I'm amazed. And I love this. They say, if I win the lottery, I'll pay off your church. Well, number one, they've lied. They won't. Amen. If you won't be honest with $10, you won't be honest with God with $100 million. And, uh, and, and people, you know, because they think money is the answer. Money's not only the answer, it's not the answer, but oftentimes money's the problem. Money can buy things, but it can't buy the best things in life. Money can buy a house, but it can't buy a home. Are you listening? Money can buy influence, but it can't buy friendship. I was, I was thinking about this the other day. I had a need. And I called a man, I don't know. On a snowy, cold, cold day. Came and helped us. And I got in my car. I said, money can't buy that. All the money in the world can't buy that. It's called friendship. Money can buy sex, but it can't buy love. Young people, are you listening to me? Are you young people listening to me tonight? Money can buy sex, but it can't buy love. And I want to address all of our young ladies in here. For some jack lady that tells you, if you really love me, you'll do it. You tell him he's a liar. Hit him in the head with the first thing you get in your hand. I'll pay you out. I mean, bust his head. Call him a liar. You, you just, Take me home. Take your shoe on and beat his head off. I'll pay you out of it. I'll pay you out of it. Money can buy just about anything except happiness. Money can take you just about anywhere except to God. Jesus said when you've tried everything else and you've run out of options, when you have no other place to turn, here's what he said, why don't you look to me? Why don't you look to me? When you've looked everywhere else, when when you haven't found what you're looking for, he said, why don't you look to me? Come unto me. When you tried everything else and you're still asking the question, so how has that worked out for me? Well, Jesus said, won't you try me? The soul is restless until, and it will not find rest until it rests in the Lord. How many of you understand what I'm talking about tonight? That there is a, there is a, there is a, to have a walk with God. And in 2017, if you can get a walk with God, I promise you, it'll be the, regardless of what happens, what comes in your life, whatever trial that you face, whatever trial happens, I want you to know something. He says, look unto me. Come unto me, all you that are heavy laden. Number two, notice, live for Jesus. Take my yoke Upon you. Now, frankly, that don't sound too inviting. Now, Lord, a yoke was... If you don't know what a yoke is, let me explain to you what a yoke is. A yoke was a wooden, a wooden contraption 
they would put around the oxen's neck. Now, would you stay with me? Almost all the oxen were plowed in pairs. And, not, and almost all the yokes were made doubled. Don't get ahead of me now. But they would, that good, a good farmer, a man that loved his oxen, he would literally custom make a yoke that would cause, so that oxen could pull the load and not chafe or not rub or not get sore or not be harmed in any way. God says, take my yoke. That's the ideal of God being a farmer that says, I'm going to make you a yoke and I promise you, It'll be custom made for you and it won't hurt you. Second thing it means is this. It means you're not in the yoke by yourself. I'm on the other side. How's the ideal of being yoked? I don't know about you, but sometimes I get tired. Sometimes I get weary. But it is amazing to me when I look and say, Listen, Lord, I'm tired and I'm weary. It's amazing. It seems like the load keeps being pulled. The load keeps still moving forward. And it tells me is he's a pulling more than I am. How's the ideal of, uh, of being suited? The yoke is easy. The word easy means excellent, means good, means perfectly suited for the purpose. God said, and my burdens are light. Here's what Jesus is telling us. And boy, Every, every person here needs to get this. If you're asleep, wake up. You need to get this. Freedom is not being out of control. Freedom is not being under no one's control. Freedom is being under the right control. Did you hear what I was saying? Freedom is not being out of control. Freedom is not being under no one's control. Freedom is being under the right control. The mentality of this country is this. Ain't nobody telling me what to do. Like the young man that joined the Marines. Because ain't nobody telling me what to do. So he joins the Marines. And that's real smart, isn't it? Isn't it amazing? The rebels. Nobody ain't going to tell me what to do until they're in a prison cell. And then someone tells them when they get up, when they go to bed. Tell them when they wash, you tell them when they, everything they do. Isn't it amazing? Isn't it amazing? When you live for, when you look to Jesus and you live for Jesus, isn't it amazing the freedom God gives you? How many of you, I, I'm almost afraid to ask you, how many of you woke up this morning and, and because of last night, you looked in your billfold and all your money's gone and you don't even know where it's gone to? I hope this didn't happen. Isn't it amazing? My day, ain't nobody tell me what I'm going to do what I want to do. And yet this morning they woke up and the toilet is where they're puking in. And toilets are not made to puke in. Isn't it amazing? And, and the Bible talks about that. It talks about people getting drunk and being beat up and then the next day not even knowing what's happening and getting up and doing it all over again. Isn't it amazing the freedom that comes in living for Jesus? 
Boy, I, I, I rarely, I don't, I don't give. Now listen, I don't, I don't give to all the, if I, I don't give to, to stop at Walmart. So would you give to this? And you will donate to this and donate to that, donate to this. To the, I don't never donate to none of that. You, that's up to you if you can, if you want to. I don't, but I do, but I do donate to one thing. I donate to the Salvation Army. And almost every time I hear the bell ringing, I donate for two reasons. Number one, that poor fellow out there, a woman out there ringing that bell, bless God, somebody ought to put something in the pot. But second reason is the founder of the Salvation Army. The founder of the Salvation Army was Mr. Booth. And you're talking about a great work. His name was William Booth. And people that knew him said this, that he was the most contented, joyful, happy, and satisfied person they had ever met. He wasn't a rich man. Matter of fact, everything he had, he put into the Salvation Army. And no matter how stressful life would get, William Booth always seemed to be at perfect peace. Someone asked him the question, Mr. Booth, what is the secret of the peace that's in your life? How is it that you can rest when no one else can? Mr. Booth replied, because I never say no to the Lord. Wow. I never say no to the Lord. This was a man who had found the right master, a man who put the yoke on as Jesus had said so, and a man who had found that the Lord's yoke is easy, and his burden is light. Jesus is not a taskmaster. He's a tender master. He's not a hard shepherd that beats his sheep. He's a loving shepherd that leads his sheep. And the only place he'll ever lead you is to places that'll give you rest. As a matter of fact, the Bible says that he, he leads them by still waters. Some don't know this, but sheep cannot drink out of running waters. They'll drown themselves. So a shepherd ponds the water up so it's still, so the sheep would drink. So God says, number one, look to Jesus. Are you weary? You say, preacher, I'm not weary tonight. I'm, I feel pretty good. I, I'm good. Great. Can I, can I promise you something? Before this year's out, there'll be a time that you get weary. There'll be a time you get tired. There'll be a time when you want to throw your hands up and say, I can't do this no more. There'll be a time say, I just can't do this no more. Then you may be here tonight and in that place, I can't do this no more. I can't do this no more in this marriage. I can't do this no more in this job. I can't do this no more. What I'm trying to tell you as a Christian, all of those things should not decide. But look to Jesus. Live for Jesus. And last of all, learn from Jesus. Take my yoke upon you. Now, come to Jesus. Has the idea is the first step. You've got to look to him. Live for Jesus, taking his yoke. That becomes in a deeper experience. That becomes in, in saying, Lord, I want I, 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 I want to live for you. That walk with God. Learning from Jesus is a lifetime experience. Has the ideal of 
the first two, the first two, looking to Jesus, living for Jesus, will come to the surface in the midst of a crisis. But learning from Jesus is a process. And as long as you live, you'll constantly be learning about Him. You'll never arrive. When it comes to Jesus, you go to school and not only is He the teacher, but He's the subject. Nobody faced more stress. Nobody was under more pressure. Nobody carried a heavier burden than Jesus. And here's the reason why. So He can look to every one of us and say, now watch how I handled the tough times. Watch how I handled the difficult people. Watch how I managed the troubling circumstances. And from the day that Jesus Christ began His ministry, He carried the weight of the entire world's sin and sorrow and suffering on His shoulders. Everywhere He went, people were standing crying out, Touch me! Bless me, heal me, help me, hear me, teach me. Everywhere he went. Here's the most amazing. He never lost his peace. And he never lost his patience. Someone said, well, he overturned the, 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 the money changers. He didn't lose anything. He did that on purpose. <laughs> he didn't lose his temper. He did that on purpose. He was angry, but he didn't see not. There's nothing, there's absolutely nothing you can earn from Jesus, but there's a tremendous amount we can learn from Him. In San Francisco, California, there's some swallows that are famous for migrating to and from that beautiful place. It's the most amazing thing. Every March, hundreds of these little birds fly 6,000 miles back uh, over the ocean from Argentina all the way back to California. And they, they were just amazed at how in the world do these birds travel that distance? They can't swim. So how did they do it? Here's how they did it. Every swallow carries a small twig in its mouth. And when the bird gets tired, they drop the twig into the water. They land on the twig and they rest until they're ready to resume their flight. And they pick the twig back up and they keep right on the flying. And the next time they get tired, they drop the twig and they, they land on it and they rest. And they travel 6,000 miles. Now I say, that's the way life is. Sometimes the water's still. Sometimes the water's choppy. Sometimes the water's smooth. Sometimes it's rough. Sometimes the days is sunny. Sometimes the days going to be stormy. But when we all get to the point of times when we can't fly, another, another, another step, then that's when we've got to realize that the cross of Jesus Christ laid down on the waters of life for you and I to land on. And no matter how big the waves now rough the water, that's the reason Jesus said, learn about me. He said, come to me first. Now that's the first step. Let me say this, and please don't boo me out. But the most foolish person in the world is trusting an education. And I'm all for education. I believe you're, you're to get all you can. But the most foolish person is one trusting education. 
and trust in money and trust in your ability. I don't care what your standard of life is to get you through this thing. It will fail you. It will fail you. Hugh, Howard Hughes was a multi-billionaire. But can I tell you how he died? He died in a room so fearful of germs that the room was one of the most sterile rooms that's ever been built. Everything given to him was put in plastic or wrapped up. And everything had to be handled a certain way. You know why? Because of fear of a germ. And he lived as a recluse. He lived all along and died all along. And all of his billions of dollars. He's a miserable man. Henry Ford was a millionaire. And as the death rattles come up into his throat, he told his doctor, he said, I'll give you a million dollars for every minute you can keep me alive. And the doctor didn't collect a million. The doctor collected nothing because in the next moment, he was gone. I want you to understand tonight as we come to this brand new year, as we, as we are starting, as we get going this next year, Tonight, I'm trying to give you something. That either one of two things. Not if you need it, but when you need it. Not if my heart gets overwhelmed, but when my heart is overwhelmed. I love what the psalmist said. Lead me to a rock that is higher than I. God's not going to force you to go. But if you want him to lead you, he'll lead you to that rock. How do we do that? Here's how we do it. Come unto me. That's step one. And some of you need to learn to do that this year. I love you. I'm your pastor. I'm your preacher. But some of you are trusting everything else. And everything else is, is chill and drama to no end. When the fact of the matter is, you need to learn to come to Jesus. Look to Jesus. Live for Jesus. And learn from Him. My. Oh, and, and it's amazing. It's amazing. When our world, and it is, it's amazing on everything being famous, to making money, to power and prestige and the power struggles and, and our political world is unbelievable now. I, I've never seen a nation more divided over an election as this past election has been. And what it really tells me is this that we're looking for the wrong place for the answers. Come unto me, Jesus said. Come unto me. He said, said, just just come unto me. Maybe tonight, that's where some of you need to start. Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. For I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. That's all stand to our feet. Every head bowed, and every eye closed. Tonight.